beer. Hey, Kayla. Hi, Ayana. <laughs> Welcome to Fill in the Blank Podcast. Welcome. Um, Get away. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another week here at Fill in the Blank Podcast. Fill in the Blank. We are here today to have a conversation that we actually never had. <laughs> Why you laugh? I mean, because... Oh, because I do the how are you and all that stuff? No, no. It's just because oh. we technically never had this conversation. We did it, it. When we should have? We should have because it was a really cool opportunity and we never... We never really talked about it. Not yeah. for real. Okay, so how long ago was that? Man, this feels like a long time ago. At this point, I'm losing track of time. I don't know. Yeah, so a while back, maybe about... Well, actually, I know when it was. It was the week before the wedding. <laughs> okay. So almost a month ago. Okay, so almost a month ago. Or exactly a month ago. Okay. Um, We had an opportunity to sit down with Dr. Joy of Therapy for Black Girls mm-hmm. and talk about to her about her book Sisterhood Heals on her book tour. Mm-hmm. So she invited us to be on a live, like a live podcast basically with her. Um, it was a really beautiful event. Like the energy in the room was just really nice. It was so serene. It was just, it was a really great experience. It was a really good experience. I think the support was just so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice. Yeah. I think it's one of my favorite things that we've done really? before. Yeah. I don't know. It just felt very safe. It did feel like a safe space. And everybody was just opening up and sharing their experiences with sisterhood and um, what sisterhood has looked like for them over the course of their lives. And so I just think that this book really sparked a lot of great conversation that I think that we could actually bring on to fill in the blank because there was no recording of the conversation that we had. So our listeners didn't, if you weren't here in Chicago, you all didn't get the opportunity to hear what we had to say about sisterhood. Yeah. Um. So we really just want to use the book that we have right here with us as an inspiration to talk about sisterhood. So yeah. I think that we could start with talking about the quiz that we took um, to show what type of sister we are in our sister circles. Um. And everybody should have got an opportunity to maybe see that because we posted about it on our story and we encourage you all to also take the quiz. But if you missed it, um, we will make sure when we post this episode, we also repost the link so you can have an opportunity to take the quiz. But from that, taking the quiz, uh, all four of us took it, uh, but I got out of the sisters that... You could be. (laughs) I got the leader. Mm -hmm. Ayana, what'd you get? The wallflower, which is very telling. So what do you, okay, explain the wallflower. Oh, okay. So the four are, you can either be the leader, the wallflower, the peacemaker, or the firecracker. Mm -hmm. So in our group, I got leader. Ayana says she got wallflower. And then Asia and Ariel both got peacemaker. So we have no firecracker in the group. 
but firecrackers. we almost thought that we were going to get all four, but I didn't even know at the time what the fourth one was. The firecracker. And then when I saw firecracker, I was like, yeah, I don't think we have that. Mm-hmm. Um, but explain what you understood wallflower to be when you received it. Um, I'm the most laid back. <laughs> I'm the chillest of the group. Um, uh, typically in group settings, I'm the one to take a back seat, kind of just make space for everyone else to speak and share their opinions. Um, but I'm not the first to share my own. And most times I don't really share my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, also this sister who will uh, show up for you when you need me. Um, what else? I think that's it. Why can't I find it? Um, oh, you were trying to find all yeah, of them? Yeah, and I can't find them. Look in the front. Um, but I feel like that's the gist of it, right? Yeah, that is the gist of it. Um, while you're trying to find it, I'll explain what I think the leader to be. Um, so I got from receiving the leader that I'm the person that is typically the strong friend and also the organizer of the group. Um, the person that wants to bring everybody together and see everybody with smiles and rainbows and butterflies. And, um, yeah, I think that's, oh, oh, you found it? Yeah, I thought it would be like bolded or something. Uh huh. Anyways, go ahead. Well, that's it. That's yep. what I thought the leader was. Can you read it? Because I don't remember yeah, the other so parts it says of it. The leader is the one who offers organization to the group. She's typically the one making sure y'all are getting together regularly, which is true. And she's probably the one you thought about when I asked who organized the last get together. <laughs> that's me. That's that's uh that's Kayla. Uh, she's the one who feels most responsible for emotional wellness of the group. Yes. Um, heavy uh, usually the one to check in on everybody uh, let's see yeah pretty much I feel like as the leader something that I feel like it implies that I feel deeply is that I'm the type of person that also like while I check on the pulse and the wellness of the group I also separate from that with just individual Mm -hmm. friendships as well like I let people have their individual space to Mm -hmm. feel how they need to feel and then I understand I can understand how the group meshes according to how everybody feels individually I guess no that makes sense I mean I feel like that's just your personal Mm -hmm. skill yeah I wouldn't say every leader probably has that skill oh thanks I don't know why you're eyeing. Ayana's so done with me today. I was like, I don't know why you're eyeing. That was just I think it was. I think it was because of the spooky season episode. I was doing so much. So now she's sitting here looking I'm at me like, like, girl. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. And then there's the wallflower. Uh, wallflower is the sister within the group who generally sits quietly and listens as others talk. However, when she does speak, it's super impactful. She's often paying more attention to what's not being said than what is facts. That's Ayana. That's facts. I won't say it, though. Uh, she's very loyal to her group and won't typically miss any gatherings, but she's not at all likely to be the one planning them. That is also facts. Ayana don't want to plan nothing. I don't want to plan <laughs> my own birthday. So there's that. Um, if there is a conflict in the group, she prefer to be left out of it. Facts. Uh, when you think about the phrase, still water runs deep, you'd be thinking of her. Oh, I like that. Um, I'll be there. I got you. Well, but- let's read Peacemakers, too. Oh, yeah, because that's Ariel. And I want to read the firecracker just for the people who out who there. have a group who has a firecracker. <laughs> yeah. And I also didn't fully <laughs> I didn't fully understand what the firecracker was since nobody got it. Yeah. OK, the firecracker is the sister who will say the thing that needs to be said, but not always gently. 
Along with the leader, the firecracker tends to take up most of the space in the group. She's likely the life of the party, but if the party goes off the rails, she's probably the one involved in that too. (laughs) (laughs) The group typically values her insights because she says the things that others won't. When you need someone to hype you up or give you the courage to do the hard thing, the firecracker is the one to call. She will ride shotgun when you need to defend yourself. Mm. Do you feel like you've had a friend that was the firecracker? I feel like at some point I was the firecracker. I can see that. (laughs) Because this bluntness didn't come from nowhere. It it was like wildly unchecked. Mm. Um, And I had Napoleon complex, so I was ready to rah-rah on anybody. Not the Napoleon complex. You know, uh, but I don't, other than that, no, I don't usually get along I with firecrackers. Ariel might have previously been a firecracker. <laughs> I believe She's that like, too. yeah, that sounds about right. I believe that but too. But I had an, I had another uh, past f- friend, mm-hmm. best friend, um, that I definitely believe to be a firecracker 110%. Like just reading this, there's no you other don't category. Have anymore? No, we're not. Why not? Because she was a firecracker. <laughs> That's why I was like, I you feel gonna like, treat me nice? God I feel, damn it. I feel like there. I feel like there can be some really good at having a firecracker in the group. Mm-hmm. However, I think it's like a that has to be a fine balance. Like they it have does. to be really considerate too. Because the thing about it is, it's the part about not saying what needs to be said gently. Yeah, you know, because it's like if you care about someone, you're gonna be tactful in your communication Agreed. and what you say to them. Agreed. So you're not gonna just run off the rails and say whatever is the first thing that comes to your mind. Just because you feel like it needs to be said. Just because you feel like it needs to be said. Like, I feel like that's selfish. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's why I don't really, I don't have fire. And that's why I think I just wouldn't normally get along with a firecracker. Mm -mm. Well, hold on. Uh I just thought about it. What? I think that I do have another friend present day Mm -hmm. that could possibly fall into this category and she does firecracker well though do i know her yeah i think you've met her before okay my friend kendall oh kendall kendall's gonna say what needs to be said okay but she she seems like she's uh cool as fuck yeah she's really cool but she's gonna say it like she's that like when we were (laughs) in undergrad she's um a year older than me so she was like big sis to miranda and i when we came to isu Mm -hmm. and um she definitely used to tell us what we needed to hear, but she would do it with love. And she, she'll she say it like really blunt, but she'd be like, but I love you. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you this because I love you. Like, okay. So there, there, there are some good firecrackers. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. The last one, the peacemaker, which are these two, both peacemakers. Uh, the peacemaker is the sister who will send the we need to talk text message. If two other sisters in the group are having a conflict, she's likely to call each of them individually and then encourage them to hash out their issues. She is also likely to struggle with setting boundaries in the group and could easily fall into a pattern of pleasing people. She tends to be very reliable. Ooh. And the one you want to call when you need someone to affirm you after a tough day. Beautiful. Yeah. I could see that. You said, no, that's not you. You don't think that's you? You still think you're the firecracker? I feel like, yeah. I could see that. I feel like you could definitely definitely be different things in, a, in different friend groups. Because mm-hmm. different people bring out different dynamics in you. Yeah. But I'm I think the that the thing everywhere. about... Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that I could maybe take on peacemaker tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um as well, but um, the thing that is kind of where I stray away from Peacemaker, I 
I try to, or I tend to want to stay out of other people's things. So I'm like, that's y'all business. Like I let people kind of come to their own resolutions in their time. And I can like give encouragement mm-hmm. towards like, you know, oh, these are my thoughts or this is what I think. But I kind of let people hash out their things. But I know Ariel, I think that that's where your peacemaker comes in at because you have always stated how much you value like mediation and friendship and that ability to do that. And that to me sounds like what the peacemaker is, like the person that can do that. Mm-hmm. I think that that's definitely Asia's thing on point though. Yeah, that's that's 100% Asia. Yeah. You think Without it's like really accurate? Yeah. Facts. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, so Uh-oh. let's talk about what has sisterhood been for you like what has been the transition of what sisterhood looked like from the moment that you maybe started your first like friendship yeah like your foundation friendship versus what it looks like now well as a kid I think my friend was my cousin she was my Mm -hmm. sister cousin uh and she was always such a strong personality And then I was such a timid personality. So I was really just like a tag along. Everywhere Mm -hmm. she would go, I would go. Mm -hmm. And I always like admired her bravery and stuff. Um, But then I started to know some differences with us when we started to kind of veer off in different paths of life. And and it just wasn't as stable. And then I started to make friends at school or at church. None outside of that because I wasn't allowed to. But uh, even those friends started to like have other friends and like expand. So I, I remember there was a period in middle school where I realized like people were having friends outside of church and uh, I got really insecure and mm. I got really mean. Mm. I was like a mean girl mm. uh, to to someone that was supposed to be my friend, but it's because I was so insecure mm. um, and I didn't even know this or remember this until like we uh, reconnected probably like six years ago or something. And we talked about how when we were friends, we were really good best friends. But then there was that period of time and she's like, yeah, actually you were like really mean to me. And I was like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. I feel like that's like that regulation of the bluntness in your personality. Yeah. Yeah. But then also I think at church, I was like, (laughs) This kind of sounds bad. But at church, I was kind of like hot shit mm-hmm. because I was so heavily involved in the church and everyone knew who I was. Yeah, it's like a popularity. Yeah, it was like a popularity yeah. thing. And uh, so I got like really power hungry with the fact that like, you know, I felt insecure that she was finding other new friendships. And so I found my security in in being that bitch at church. <laughs> In middle school. Yeah, first of all, this is my church. And middle schoolers <laughs> are so mean. And I was one of them. Yeah. Um, well, for the most part, I was pretty chill. It was at church where I was just like, yeah, this is my you domain. Was I was feeling myself mm-hmm. so sick, but mm-hmm. I was probably learning from the adults fucking. Yes. I mean <laughs> possibly. But um then it then it started to shift and uh, I started to grow more into myself in high school, but I didn't really start to grow friendships until college mm. when I met Anna. Because mm-hmm. so high school. Well, you freedom. don't feel like you had any no, girls I didn't that have you were any. really close with? I didn't have any. Hmm, literally, that's interesting. Literally none 
literally no not was that hard or was it something that you didn't it was extremely lonely Mm. and it was a huge frustration for me and that's why i started to rebel junior year because i'm like all these other people are expanding themselves growing in their individuality they're growing friendships and they're learning how to navigate things and here i am still stagnant and naive and just completely out of the loop not knowing what the hell is going on so i started rebelling yeah and then got kicked out of the house (laughs) It was good for me, though. I don't regret a thing. See, but I think it's moments like this. This is a a small little tangent. But I feel like moments like that are actually really good Mm -hmm. because you kind of sometimes need to go through the the rock bottom pits Mm -hmm. for you to be like, okay, this was my wake up call. Really? I just needed to get out of that environment. Yeah. Whether it was by my own hand or not, I was like, this is suffocating Mm -hmm. and I got to get the fuck out of here. And granted, I forced her hand Mm -hmm. without even necessarily meaning for that to be the end result, but it it pushed me to my now adopted parents who were by far so much better for me than she ever could have been. I needed that. I needed, I wish they had raised me Mm -hmm. (laughs) from my childhood because who knows the person, who knows how confident in a, as a person I would be, how much quicker I would have learned certain lessons. I probably wouldn't have dove so hard into, you know, romantic relationships and held them at such a high standard like that. Like who knows? Girl, you still could have, cause look at me. I had the opposite childhood and I still sitting there. <laughs> That's facts. You never know. You never know. It's the it's the Disney era kids like we're growing up on up. the romances and all that stuff. We were just all like, oh my gosh, like romance. <sighs> so cutesy. So then college was when you got to the point that you were able to establish like real friendships. Real But even then I didn't really I didn't value it that much. Mm. Like I wasn't wildly vulnerable in them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would depend on them a lot, but I think I was still pretty selfish in my friendship then. Um, but I mean, I, I still loved them. Like they yeah. felt like family for me. They were the first uh, sense of like my chosen family that I had, but I I just feel like I didn't appreciate them like I should have. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why I say that is because I think about that, that period of time where I got so mad at Anna because mm-hmm. <laughs> she kept going back to mm-hmm. her uh, or because she kept complaining about her ex-husband. And I was like, you signed up for this. And I just remember being so just like, I didn't have any empathy and yeah. I was just more frustrated or just for the fact that I had to listen to her complain. I was going to say your personal. My personal. Thing. And mm-hmm. I was like, why am I like this? But it didn't click for me until like a year and a half later when I realized like I just need to stay out of people's business. Like at the mm-hmm. end of the day, I'm here to support you, but that's your business. Mm-hmm. But it really didn't click for me until my marriage. I remember you saying that, that yeah. once you went through what you went through, I felt you so got bad. to see I was in a situation. I called her. I'm so sorry for Jay. And that, at that point, it'd been she was five like, years. Mm-hmm. It'd been yep. five years. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was like, God gave me perspective. <laughs> I felt so bad. But I think, I think life just humbles you. Yeah, <laughs> life humbles does. you. And you then like, you start to down. appreciate people just so much more. Yeah. I agree. I think that's so interesting because I feel like everybody experiences sisterhood differently. It has different messages about them. And like what you were saying, you really probably didn't grow up in an environment that pushed not at all for the value in sisterhood. And so it took you such a long time, really until your adult life for you to begin to build your own image and value of what sisterhood was to you. Yeah, because there was that moment at the at the thing where she she mentioned in the book how she talked about the fact that some some women were 
we're growing up learning that like you don't trust women and you don't mm-hmm. and that that was me mm-hmm. i would be told things like you don't trust women and women will stab you in the back women are mm-hmm. catty women are this women are that and so i i grew up up until college i would say things like oh i'd rather be friends with guys like i don't want to be friends with girls mm-hmm. i'd be like i'm a guy's girl mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't like those girls <laughs> I grew up with the message mostly. I, I, okay. My mother had a lot of girlfriends. Mm -hmm. So I saw her balance like a lot of different just friendships from just different areas and facets of her life. Yeah. Like, and I still do. They're still my aunties to this day. Like, (laughs) but I did grow up. The one message that does kind of stick out in my mind is the message of like, if if I was having some type of issue with a girl, it was the message of like, she's jealous. Oh, really? Yeah, the jealous thing. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I used to get that. Well, not not even being friends, but that just women in general were jealous. And that, that started from just my hair. And that's where mine came from. They used to tell me, put my hair in front of me because girls will be jealous and cut it off. Yes, that's that is where it literally stemmed from. Them wow. the messages about girls being jealous stemmed from having conversations with my mom and my nana about how long my hair was because yeah. my hair was down past Same. my butt. We'll post a picture of both of our hair, like my a little side by so side. Long. It was so long. And so they were like, girls are going to be jealous of you because of how long your hair is. And like, do not let anybody ever touch your hair. Same. And you just keep it like, you know, you keep a close eye on it. Cause they also said that somebody might cut it off. Yeah. So I had that weird thing where it was like, I, I trusted women. Like it wasn't like I was looking at girls and being like immediately like, but I do remember as a child, I mm-hmm. used to tell people if they would be like, Oh my gosh, I'd be like, you can't touch my hair. Oh. And I was really serious about that i'm like don't touch my hair so i just let people do it oh yeah no i was dead but i'd be like this like cringing the whole time like oh (laughs) my god you're not supposed to do that my hair i also really hated my hair and i wanted to chop it off myself and when you were young when i was young when i started to get older she wouldn't Mm. let me do it she was like you can't touch your hair until you're 18 so i turned 18 i went to walmart and i told him to chop it off was that your my dora cut I wasn't gonna say that. It was a door, but cut. I'm saying was that your rebellion? Oh, that was. Do you think that you hated your hair that was because you were told? Yes, that's that literally. You... But that's the same reason why my favorite color was blue for a long time because it was like I was told I was supposed <laughs> to like pink. pink. I said, "Yeah, fuck that, <laughs> fuck that." I like blue, dark blue. <laughs> that's so. Funny. I guess I've always been a rebellious kid. I'm the same way though. Like I think about that. Like with my my current situation that I'm going through oh. with my job, um, I just think that a lot of times when people push me into a corner, yeah. I like really dig my toes into the sand. I'm like, mm. Mm, like I hate feeling controlled. I hate yeah. feeling trapped. Mm-hmm. I hate feeling like I can't like make my own options or my own uh, choices, and that you don't feel like I can make my own choices. Yeah. Like you don't trust that I can make my oh, own no, decisions. Fuck the trust. I just don't like. I don't like the fact, the feeling of like not being able to do it at all. Yeah, I don't like any of it. Anything connected. Okay, we got to get back on track. Lord, <laughs> we've been doing so good. We haven't had tangents, tangents in our episodes in maybe, that long. Maybe small one, but they've been relevant. They've been relevant. Relevant. Yes, tangent. yes. Okay, so my sisterhood journey. 
Growing up, I had sister cousins as well, hence Ariel. Ariel. Um, I also have, on my dad's side, my first cousin, Lauren. So mm-hmm. she's older than me. But I also, <laughs> we have another cousin that was a part of our sister cousin circle growing up. Mm-hmm. And um, I had some best friends also as a child, like really, really close friendships. Um, you met one of them, maybe, mm-hmm. I think. Did you meet Simone at the wedding? I don't know. You all are about the same skin oh, complexion. I, oh, maybe. Y'all hear... Actually, if somebody was to describe, like, physically, Ayana and Simone, they would describe them a lot alike. You all kind of have the same features. Oh. Yeah, but she was my childhood best friend. I mean, like, at her house every single day. Grew up with her at her house. We went to summer camp together. Oh. We did everything together. And so... I think that my thing, though, um, we had another girl that that became friends with us together. Trio. Yeah, but she was more like as I grow up and I think back to that friendship as a crew, I feel like she was more interested in being friends with Simone than she was with me. Mm. And those are tricky with the tree, the three way. Yeah, interest. and I feel like it it caused me to feel so outcasted, mm-hmm. and I think that um, a lot of times when I think about groups of three, I have when I have had friendships with a group of three, mm-hmm. I have felt outcasted in some type of way from the group of three. So no, I feel that when I was younger, and it was that situation. I was like super insecure about um, being dark skinned mm-hmm. and being skinny because Simone and <laughs> they're both like curvier, like curvier. Mm-hmm. And they like guys would talk to them and guys was not talking to me. I was like sitting in the corner, ugly duckling type of vibes. Mm-hmm. And so I would in it. I don't know if it was necessarily that they would outcast me. I feel like she the girl kind of would like Simone was always like yeah. super tight, make sure I'm good. But the other girl would maybe outcast me a little bit. But I think that I also carried that chip on my shoulder because mm-hmm. of my own personal insecurities. Yeah. Um, but it has just caused me to uh, really gravitate towards like a person, just one person. Like if there's a group of more than one, I'm Same. like, I need one. Because it just is a maybe a defense mechanism or a fear no, of y'all gonna somebody gonna push me out. That's always been me. I don't know if it's always been like a like a conscious thing because uh, I know with me Anna and Bree, Anna and Bree actually went to high school together. Oh, uh, so they know all the same people, and it'll be a, even even now. It doesn't happen as frequently, but even now, like when we're all together, sometimes they'll just be having conversations with me there about people I don't know, and I'll just be sitting there like I don't know what the fuck's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think before I used to be really insecure about it because. Uh, what I realized is I was really close with Anna and I wasn't that close with Bree. Okay. Um, and I used to get really insecure about that. And uh, I was just scared that I would also be left out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, what I did is I just focused on my relationship with Anna and and 
there was an opportunity for me and Bree to get closer once Anna had Noah. Okay. Because, uh, I mean, Anna was really busy with just a lot of stuff she was going through. And and I was really frustrated with Anna at that time. Mm-hmm. And so me and uh, Bree got closer then. And then I felt a lot more solidified in our trio. But that took at least like six, seven years. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it takes a while to really build out a friendship. Mm-hmm. And I think that people don't necessarily realize. I think that it's just hard as you... As you get, when you find people that you want to be close with, you kind of want it to happen like that. And when you kind of realize that sometimes friendships just take a A lot lot of work. Some people just don't, people, some people just don't cling that fast. (laughs) They need time. They're slow burns. Yeah. Uh, That's what I realized about Ariel pretty quickly. (laughs) She's like, it's me. It didn't take long at all for me to realize that about Ariel. And that's why I was like, okay, this is a long game. But I think, so, okay. Make you like me. Here's the grace, though, (laughs) that needs to be given because just as just as people become nervous about entering romantic relationships Mm -hmm. from past experiences and that can be a slow burn for people, I think that now growing into adulthood, we have all accumulated past traumas and experiences from friendships that we carry with us. And now we have guards up in certain types of ways that we're like, "Mm, actually, I feel very uneasy about letting people that close to me because last time this is what happened. So I think that it's just as you get older, it gets hard. Like when we were younger. We're tainted now. Yeah, we're tainted for sure. <laughs> we're tainted. And you just readily cling when you're younger because everything is based upon convenience. Yeah. And so you see this person every single day at school or, Facts. you know, that Facts. type of thing. Like, or you all are in extracurricular. You know, you're going to see each other after school Facts. every Wednesday. So, but relationships now aren't sustained like that. Like, mm-mm. even if you do see each other all the time at a specific thing, like there still needs to be some form of like mm-hmm. connection. Yeah. Otherwise it's just like, eh. yeah, I feel like my definition of sisterhood today is still kind of evolving. I think that the difference though now with how I view sisterhood versus how I viewed it previously is I finally have come to the place of like openness to sisterhood. I think that I was so closed off, like the people that were just in my circle, that was it. But now I just feel like I have so much love to give. Like I'm open to connecting and also accepting the levels of friendship. Like Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not entering friendship with people thinking like, oh, we're so you're becoming my friend. So that means you're going to be my best friend. Yeah. And I feel like I I feel okay now with knowing like I can develop a friendship with somebody and it doesn't mean that we are the best of best friends. We can still be solidified in where our friendship stands. And whatever that is. Yeah. Maybe you guys just going out friends. Maybe Mm -hmm. you guys are just like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm in the same phase of where I'm, I'm a lot more open to it and a lot more welcoming to it. I think even more so though, I'm, uh, also in addition to that, I am in a phase of like, I don't want to force shit. Yeah. So if it feels super forceful for me or it feels like, yeah, I'm just not doing it. 
No, I feel that because I I got in that phase after I lost one of my my best friends at the time. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I was forcing it there. And that's where I kind of gained that acceptance of like, I'm just going to allow things to flow. And they usually do. And they flow. It usually flows apart. (laughs) Especially when you pause, you're like, wait a second. I don't think this is actually reciprocal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, you have to take seconds to step back and actually look at your friendship with a real clear point of view to determine if it's even a friendship I think that's when you know like is this a friendship worth saving when you sit back and you're like is is this reciprocal yeah like like oh. am I the one always oversharing so okay but here's support? something here's something interesting though I was having a conversation mm. with a friend about uh reciprocal about friendships and relationships being transactional oh and how we have now entered a state where we all feel like we're supposed to gain something from friendships. And if that's like, there's a bad side to that, but then there's also a good side. Like I get that in in romantic relationships, but for a friendship, what what would you be gaining? I feel like you could gain a lot from friendships. I mean, you could gain- I mean, that'll make it transactional. You can gain access to things that they might have. You could gain- um, if that person has like a lot of a, a full cup to pour from, you could right. gain. Like, think about it. There are a lot of people who, when they become friends with people, they will give them the world, you yeah. know, just even in just like platonic friendships. They're like, oh, you're my friend, like here. Like, you need this, I got you, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I feel like friendships, there's still a lot of gain that could be had there. Um, but then it's like, when you step back and take a look, like, am I the only person that's giving in this situation? Like, am I getting anything in return? Yeah. And does that make it transactional that you look at it that way, that if I'm not getting anything in return, then we shouldn't be friends anymore? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, if, if I had to say what transactions are being back and forth between all my relations, because there's nothing like monetary transactional or there's nothing like anything else I can gain from my friends aside from like quality time, mm-hmm. uh, vulnerability, mm-hmm. uh, and support. If I, if I notice, if I notice that I'm being wildly vulnerable about my life, about what's going on. And like the other person isn't doing the same, like I'm not knowing what's going on in their life or I'm like seeing shit mm-hmm. randomly or something. I'm like, okay, I feel like this isn't reciprocal. Yeah. And then, or, or even like if I'm being vulnerable, even about my feelings and stuff and then vice versa, they're not, they're not being as open about their feelings, but like, you know, bad communicators, mm-hmm. not reciprocal. Yeah. No, I feel that. I'd be quick to take a step back. And usually those relationships just fade. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, it's trial and error, though. And I think that that's that's what people have to get comfortable with. I I feel like I've gotten more comfortable with understanding that, like, friendships, just like relationships, are trial and error. Like, you don't know until you try. And then it doesn't have to be bad blood if it doesn't work out. It's just how I feel. You're not going to be best friends with everybody. No. I mean that's what makes best personally. friends really special because yeah. you don't get you don't get those types of relationships very often. Yeah. You know. Facts. There's always something to gain from uh to gain and to give uh in in any form of a relationship. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it doesn't always have to be something like, "Oh, you know, I'm mm-hmm. giving you the world and you're giving me the world back." Yeah, for sure. It's just like, I mean, you're cool. I love you, but yeah. you know, I don't talk to you all the time. <laughs> I don't talk to you all the time. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. 
Okay, so what do you what would you say if you had to pick was your fave chapter? See, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I think chapter two was pretty impactful for me. It talks a lot about consistency and um is this the one about hard conversations? I think that one kind of hit home for me. About whatever hard conversations. Yeah, like about how um no, there was a chapter. Hold on. There was a chapter that says something about how um, women need their friendships, too, mm-hmm. and how uh, we kind of grow up learning and having this understanding that we really don't need to have that deep of connection with our sister friends after we find the person, like our relationship. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Oh my God. Okay. There was actually a snippet in that section that said something about canceling a group thing with your friends because your partner needs to find a shirt for something. And it made me think about you. Canceling what? It's some group thing with your friends. Oh, like going out somewhere because your partner needs something? Yeah, like a shirt. And it specifically said a shirt. And I was like, oh my God, this is Kayla. Because <laughs> Kayla has literally done that before. Uh, I think Marcus needed a new shirt for his his interview the next day. And you were uh, like, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I can't go because I need to help Marcus find a new shirt. So let me, <laughs> let me explain something to me, y'all. <laughs> One thing about me... Uh, especially, well, now in this stage of my life, previous stages of my life, I think that it's been hard because I have always been the person that has prioritized romantic relationships mm-hmm. and it's still just like a learning curve of releasing harder, yeah. that to, but I messed up in high school and I lost all my friends doing that. Aww. So I, I've tried to get better with it, but it's just still a difficulty for me to just it's a balance yeah it's a balancing act but the difference is once you get married it literally is like i don't know for me personally what i feel like is like he come first if you tell me he needs something she said that's it i'm sorry like i love y'all mean it but we might have to might have to reschedule or just try to work something out like i think that Sometimes I don't feel like problem solving. And so I'm like, oh, okay, well. But if I'm in a problem solving type of mood, then I will be like, okay, let me solve a problem. That's This is too much. That makes me so curious because I used to be the same way. And now that, I, I don't know. I feel like when I get remarried, I'm just not going to be like that anymore. But okay, here's the difference though. I was like that previously because of the fact that I was obsessive over the person that I was dating and I wanted to be with them every second so I could see what they were doing versus Marcus and I are actually like best friends in real life so you could possibly do that if you're really if you're best best friends you're gonna be like this is my bestie like Strangely enough, the only time where I was so good at balancing my relationship and my friendships was uh, when I was wildly unhappy in a relationship. And so I started depending more on my friends. Mm. And then just the the balancing act, I just spent more time with my friends mm. and naturally spent less time with my partner, but still enough time with my partner. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw that. This is random. But I saw this thing about uh, this woman saying that it should always be the case where the man loves the woman more because studies have shown that women will do what they have to do regardless if they love the man or not mm-hmm. because that's what they're supposed to do or that's what they feel they're supposed to do in a relationship. Vice versa, men 
only do what they're supposed to be doing in a relationship when they love the woman. Ah, yeah, I could see that. I could see it. I wonder if it's actually true, but I could see it. I could definitely see that. I feel like that's real. I could see it. Okay, wait, let me share what it, which is my favorite chapter. Ooh. I don't know. I do kind of like, though, an interesting chapter to me is the ch- is chapter nine mm. um, when sisterhood ends, because I feel like it's just people talk about <laughs> people talk about friendship breakups now and how they're impactful. But there is a there is a heaviness and a deep mourning that comes with a friendship ending. And so I feel like when I read that chapter, that was good for me because of what I was expressing about what I'm going through and having transitions with, it's different if it's just like a a friend and you allow it to ebb and flow versus somebody that you've let into your inner core. Like in this. I think that's only happened to me twice. Twice. In both when I was younger. I've never had it happen to me in my adult years. It's heavy. I in feel adult like I years. would be so depressed. Yeah, it's heavy. It's heavy in adult years. Cause then it's like, dang, we made it. Like, yeah. <laughs> what's yeah. going on? Right. But yes, okay. Any other last thoughts you want to share about sisterhood? Mm-mm. Sisterhood heals. Sisterhood heals. <laughs> um, so thank you all for listening to this episode. Uh, you can definitely go purchase the book, Sisterhood Heals by Dr. Joy Harden Bradford. Mm. This is a great book. Um, I would encourage y'all to read it with your sister friends and you all take the quiz. It's a great book. It's a great book. Um, But you can find us on TikTok at fill in the blank pod. And then you can find us on Instagram at fill in the blank underscore. On Instagram, I'm it's K dot G. On TikTok, it's the same thing, but with an extra Y at the end of K. And Ayana is at Ayana dot Amore. All right. Love you guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.